Welcome to episode 123 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. He's Lapore. I'm Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. The Toronto Maple Leafs absolutely stink. They reek. It's a disaster in Toronto. Now listen, it's not like they're... 0 and 12 or 0 and 13 or 1 Might as well 11 be. and 1. It's not that terrible. Yeah, we're not Edmonton. We're not the Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. but it is not pretty right now. The Leafs are 1 3 and 2 in their last six games. They have held a third period lead just four times in 13 games this season. They have given up three or more goals 10 times in 13 games. It's not pretty. This is some of the worst hockey they've played over the last number of seasons. So we are going to give you our thoughts and opinions on everything going on in Leafs Nation right now with this hockey team. And on top of that, we're also going to talk about some of the other Canadian teams around the NHL and some of the projections that we have for these teams moving forward as we look towards the end of the season and the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe it's just going to be Vancouver in the playoffs because every other Canadian team stinks. Actually, yeah. Winnipeg's not bad either. But anyway, <laughs> we will get into all that. Before we do, it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore, who has a very special announcement regarding the Austin Matthews mm-hmm. jersey giveaway. Mm-hmm. I'm doing well, Bruno. Uh, but it's like, I think sometimes God just knows when things happen. So Leafs lose. I'm pissed off, rattled as hell, that I'm going to be the victim of chirps here in our nation's capital. Get to bed, wake up, and what do I see? Snow on the ground. Our first snowfall here in Ottawa. You have to dust off your car. Terrible. Terrible. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I absolutely hate the cold. I don't like the snow either. I don't know what I like, what I dislike more, the snow or the cold. I know that's like a common debate, and that's a very Canadian debate. Uh, but yeah, thank God for this pod, for an opportunity to blow off some steam. But you did mention the Austin Matthews jersey giveaway. I am holding it up. For GFP Nation, the people who entered this contest with your predictions of how many goals Austin Matthews would score in the month of October, you should all be ashamed of yourselves. Because guys, he went cold. I don't blame you guys. He went cold. And uh, nobody was close. Like Bruno and I combed through a few times and nobody was close. So we're extending the contest. So if you want to win this jersey, like this video, subscribe to the channel and comment down below with by the end of November, the amount of goals Austin Matthews will have in his total. There you go. Lapore laid it out. The Austin Matthews jersey giveaway contest is still going on. Yeah, You're still alive in the contest to win the jersey, and all you have to do is like this video, subscribe to the channel, and then in the comment section down below, you have to let us know at the end of November, November 30th, on that date, how many goals will Austin Matthews have? Not how many goals he's going to score from now until the end of November. Not how many goals he's going to score in November in total. It's how many goals is he going to have at the end of November? So what's he at right now? 13 goals, I believe. Yeah. So by November 30th, what's he going to be at? Eight more You tell us. Is it going to be 16 goals, 17 goals, 20 goals, 22 goals? Let us know. Be creative with your answer. Don't just say, he will score 20 goals. You know, like, give us a little something, all right? So good luck to everyone in GFP Nation, and tell all your friends about it as well, because... Everyone is eligible to join the contest as long as they do the three things that we laid out. Yeah, and to confirm Bruno's new uh, number, he's he's sitting at 13, and the Leafs have eight more games in the uh, month of November. So if that's going to help you with your prediction. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. All right. It is now time to get into Leafs talk. That's why you all came here in the first place. I mean, some of you are probably just coming here for the jersey giveaway and you're leaving. <laughs> that's not very nice. But to the true... Gluttons for Punishment fans out there, you are staying with us until the very end of the show. And we appreciate that so, so much because we are Thank going to you. shred the Leafs today. Cool. I, You know, me and Laporte, 
we don't talk that much like before the show. We kind of save everything for the show, but I just feel like this is going to be a lot of, listen, I don't want to say a lot of negativity, but it's going to be a lot of just us blowing off steam because this team is not playing right or is not playing well right now. And I laid it out right off the top of the show. They've allowed three or more goals in 10 of 13 games this year. One win in their last six games. They have only held a third period lead four times in 13 games this season. I mean, it's just pathetic. Even looking at, at regulation victories, this team has three regulation wins in 13 games. They're not controlling play. They're not playing well defensively. Even goaltending, Joseph Wall has been stumbling. I, I thought Joseph Wall was terrible against Ottawa. I know there were other problems and... You know, defensively, the Leafs were not good, but I thought he was terrible against Ottawa. And not a lot of people want to say, oh, Joseph Wall was terrible. They want to protect this kid, but he was shit. He wasn't great against yeah. Ottawa. The game just slipped away. So there's a lot of issues right now. The Ryan Reeves situation, the lack of secondary scoring, although Nick Robertson has given this team a jolt in the arm. I mean, go down the list. There, There's just, I mean, the defense core... John Klingberg. There's a lot going on with this team. So Lapore, you can take this any way you want. Like, what are your thoughts right now on the state of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, and honestly, Bruno, I don't, uh, I don't know where to start. But uh, just to follow up on your points, uh, the Leafs have played 13 games. They have uh, three regulation wins, uh, and just a point: two of those three regulation wins were against Dallas and Washington. And in those games, they were significantly outplayed. And you ready for this one, Bruno? You ready for this one? Only the Sharks, Canadians, Oilers, and Kraken have fewer regulation uh, fewer regulation losses than the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. And what is so beyond frustrating about this, okay, Bruno, let's play a game. Let's say a few weeks back before the season started, someone told you Austin Matthews was going to have 13 goals at this point. If somebody told you William Nylander was going to break the record for most consecutive games with a point, Uh, to start the season in Leafs history. What if someone told you that, I mean, let's remove last night, that Joseph Wall was going to have a really good start to the season? I'd be like, what are the Leafs, like 10-2-1 or something? I'd say they'd be running away with the Atlantic division. Exactly. But no, because this team right now is nothing short of a fucking nightmare, okay? I have never, ever... No, I say never ever. I'm well, we're going back. There's been some bad Leafs teams, but I it's been like in the Matthews era, they have never looked this bad. They have never looked even close to this bad. Fundamental things, zone coverage, zone entries, gap control, they suck. And it's the whole thing. People people always talk about p- players. Oh, like this team has fire off their star players they should be good or that team you know they don't really have any stars i don't think they're going to be that good no it's a cap league every team has their guys i mean some team some teams have terrible contracts so it hurts them but for the most part teams are built a certain way and the most important thing is what kind of team you are what kind of system is in place and by that i mean structurally And this team is structurally awful right now. So it doesn't matter if you have the best player in the world right now scoring 13 goals in 13 games. It's completely irrelevant. Uh, For those who don't follow uh, fellow Paisan Frankie Corrado on Twitter, he had a video today. He'll do videos after games where he'll go on his computer and he'll show breakdowns of certain plays. He showed one of the goals against Toronto from last night. Okay. In this goal... Sends enter the zone. The puck goes down low. It was the Chikrin goal. Whereas behind the net, there was a play. came out to Chikrin and scored. And my immediate thought when I saw that goal is, how is a guy in the low slot that wide open? Comical. How how does that happen in the National Hockey League? Okay. And he goes over the video. And I was actually screaming it. Screaming it when it happened live. Okay. He shows the camera going down. Stops it. David Camp. There's two guys on the puck for Toronto behind the net. And Camp goes behind the net. Okay. And he talks about the rail. And the rail is the line that's created between the hash marks across the ice. So the saying is you stop at the rail. And this is these are things you teach kids. Okay. If two guys are down low, you stop at the rail because that's where the danger is. That's where the puck's going to come out and where a scoring chance can get created. 
camp just blows right by it. And there's a still image that's absolutely comical of the three of them, like within four feet of each other behind the net. There was another one screenshot from the Giroux goal of three Leafs to the left of the net and Giordano behind the net. So essentially the rest of everything is wide open for Ottawa to do whatever the hell they want. It doesn't matter how well guys are playing. It doesn't matter who you have. If you're breaking down like this, you're not going to win games. Every game for the most part, and I'll say it, the Leafs haven't looked good all season. Every game for the most part has been kind of the same. They don't look good, but the talent carries them. Certain guys explode. So like Marner had back-to-back four-point nights. Of course, Matthews is scoring for fun. Nylander's on fire. Tavares is getting points. So they win because of that, but nothing's in place, and they look absolutely brutal, man. I, I'm afraid, Bruno. I, I'm afraid that this season may slip away. Things have to be done. Like you already saw today, the reports that uh, Klingberg is going to be healthy tomorrow. He's not going to be in the lineup at practice. He was, uh, he was with Timmons and Timmons had a non-contact Jersey. So people think he, yeah, he's going to be in the press box against Calgary. And I think we're all okay with that. I mean, he's been absolutely terrible. He's been terrible. A note on Klingberg with him on the ice at five on five, the oh, here we minus go. 23 in high danger scoring chances. Yeah. It's almost as bad as the fourth line. What are they like zero goals for eight against yeah. when I saw that stat the fourth line is an abomination. I, I don't, I almost don't think that's getting enough credit. We're 13 games in this team is what six, five and two. And they have not scored a goal and they've allowed eight. So if that fourth line was even, which is what you hope for with your fourth line, what would their record be? Just that, just that alone. Tara, they're unplayable. Like, Reeves is unplayable. Like, people say that often. Like, oh, so-and-so is unplayable. No, no, no. Reeves is unplayable. And they're, watch again, watching the game last night before one of Ottawa's goals. Toronto had pressure. In Ottawa's end, some battle behind the net. And the camera went low. And in the shot, you saw Reeves next to Stutzla. And I was like, Stutzla's on against Reeves, the fourth line. We're fucking going to get scored on. And sure enough, we did. Because why wouldn't we? And we deserve it. This team's bad. This is a bad hockey team. That's a summary of it. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a bad hockey team. Full stop. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Oh my God. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below the waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using our exclusive code GFP20. Lapore, Manscaped just doesn't miss. You know what, Bruno? Individuals who have bought Manscaped products in the past, I feel like we don't have to pitch them because you know what? They've experienced the glory. They know how it changes their life. It's the losers out there listening who don't have any Manscaped products. And this is the one above all of them that will make the biggest difference. The Lawnmower 5.0 is an absolute beast. Order it now, manscaped.com, GFP20 for 20% off. And I promise you, the Lapore promise, you will not be disappointed. Look good, feel good, and play good. And the way yeah. you're going to do that is by using the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The stamp of approval from the GFP podcast. We've been using these products for years now. We love having them a part of this show. And as Lapore said, you will not be disappointed. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using our exclusive code GFP20. That is GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That note on uh, Ryan Reeves with him on the ice at five on five, the Leafs zero goals for nine goals against. Yeah. He just never has the puck on his stick, and that's the problem. No. He can go around and try to hit people. He, he doesn't even hit people because by the time he gets to them, the puck's off their stick, and he can't even lay the body. He's yeah. essentially good for nothing. And listen, I I was sort of on board with the whole Ryan Reeves experiment 
even though I'm a numbers guy at heart and Lapore, you like your numbers as well. But we, you know, we we thought that the Leafs needed an injection of of life, of I don't even want to say Something. the word. It starts with an N or it starts with an S. It's the snot, as Brad Living calls it. I don't even want to say that because it just makes me sick. And yeah. people already don't like Brad Living for his offseason signings. And I know it's still early, but you know, people thought it would give the Leafs more grit, more physicality, more character. Um, it's just made them a worse hockey team. The fourth line is terrible. John Klingberg has not been good at all. And uh, they got to clean it up. Sheldon Keefe, after the game, went off on this team. He said, good. we sit here and we celebrate guys who score big numbers and score a ton and all kinds of stuff. We don't talk enough about what we give up. That's the reality. You got to prioritize keeping the puck out of the net. He then went on to say, we've got to pull it together here and keep pucks out of our net. It's out of control. Yeah. And when you look at the numbers, defensively, they stink right now. 28th in the NHL in goals against per game. The Leafs are 21st in the league in goal differential at minus three. 26th in penalty kill at a shade over 71%. Then when you look at five-on-five goals against per 60, 22nd in the league. Five on five expected goals against per 60, 22nd in the league. And even if you look at expected goals for percentage at five on five, the Leafs currently sit 25th in the NHL. So it's like I said, the one thing that just irks me about this team, and this is not the same when you compare it to the last three, four, five seasons, they are not controlling play. You guys have listened to this pod since we started. Basically, from day one that we started this pod until the start of this season, 80% of the time, the Leafs are out shooting their opponents. They're controlling the game. They're controlling the pace of play. That is just not the case this season. They're mm-hmm. always chasing games. I, it's like I said, they, they barely held leads in the third period. Four times in 13 games, they've held a lead in the third period. They're constantly chasing games, even games they're winning. Like when they came back, to beat uh to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning when they were down 4 to 1 it's like every night they're getting behind the eight ball and they need Matthews and Nylander and Marner to go into god mode to give this team a chance it's crazy the stats that these guys are putting up offensively as you said Lapore this team should be running away with the Atlantic right now but they can't keep the puck out of their net they can't get a save now i, I don't want to say the goaltending's been terrible like when you look overall leafs are Okay, it's it's not great. 22nd in the league in five-on-five save percentage. And maybe last night kind of skewed yeah. some things because it was a rough night for Joseph Wall. But it's like everything is going wrong for this team. And, and I don't know if there's a fix here or at least an immediate fix. I know there's reports that Brad Treliving is going to try to get one of the UFA, the pending UFA demon in Calgary, whether it's Noah Hannafin, Nikita Zadorov, Chris Tanev, with his connections to Calgary, obviously being their GM for a long time. Um, and I know they're dealing with injuries. Jake McCabe is out. Lilligren is out. Connor Timmins is out. So it's not like Sheldon Keefe is dealing with a fully healthy NHL caliber roster here. I mean, he's been rolling out AHL D-men for the last number of nights. So when I look at it, it's just... I, I don't see a quick fix because as well as Matthews and the other core four members are going to play, if this team cannot keep the puck out of its net, then they're fucked. Yeah. That's a talking point, Bruno, because you always have that internal debate in your head of, okay, like pure emotion and logic. Okay. How significant are those three injuries to this team right now? Because I've thought about that. Okay. We're talking about how bad this team is defensively, how bad, how poor they are structurally. With Timmons, um, with Timmons, Lily, and McCabe in the lineup, is this a completely different conversation right now, or is that an excuse? I don't think it's a completely different conversation. I do think they would be better with a fully healthy decor, but we've seen this team battle through injuries in the past. Yes. This yes. team has been really good at battling through injuries. I don't think the Leafs got enough credit over the last number of years under Sheldon Key for their ability to just chug along next man up mentality they, they've actually been really good at that but this year the wheels have fall have fallen off man like yeah. I, I i listen with those guys in the lineup they would certainly be better defensively 
But, I mean, this is really bad. They shouldn't be this terrible defensively, despite, you know, like, Lagason being in the lineup and Simone Benoit. Like, their team defense over the last few seasons has been good. So this is this is kind of shocking, honestly, that they're this terrible right now. Yeah, well, last year they had that stretch where who was out? It was like Sandine got hurt for a bit. I think Brody, we literally had like four D-men out. And we called on uh, like Jordy Ben came in the lineup. And who was the other UFA? Victor Mete was playing. Victor Mete, yeah. Victor Mete was the other one. And in that month, they went something like 14, 2, and 2 or something. So like to Bruno's point, yeah, we've battled through this before because of structure. And furthermore, contrary to popular belief, Toronto Maple Leafs teams under Sheldon Keith have been fantastic structurally and defense, like defensively specifically. So I- I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the video room. He must be having having nightmares from, from this stuff, just watching these fundamental mistakes because it, this is this guy's MO. Like Again, people will always talk about the Leafs, their defense sucks and they suck defensively. They're not paying attention to the numbers over the last couple of years. Keefe has done a great job with this team when it comes to avoiding um, high danger scoring chances against. And when you watch these games, like, I don't know, man, it's like the Leafs think they're playing lacrosse or something. It's just up and down, back and forth. Guys are open. It's bad, man. The the Reeves thing. Honestly, honestly, okay. I came on this pod when that was, when that deal was made. And I gave my spiel that if you hate the hell out of this deal, you're overthinking it. And if you love this deal, you're overthinking it. It's a body. It's 1.3 million. He's going to have some impact. Who cares? Like the, the name, the brand, like what people thought they were getting. I thought it got over-talked about. But I was wrong. I can fully admit when I'm wrong. And Michael Lepore was dead wrong with the Ryan Reeves one being neutral on it. It boggles my mind how, okay, you know, we see players' names. You know, we watch highlights. We watch how often you get a chance to watch like or focus on Ryan Reeves in a game. But for the staff to give this guy a three-year deal, that's that's nothing short of that's incompetence. That is full-blown incompetence. He and again, I say people's oh, so and so is unplayable. No, Reeves is unplayable. He looks terrible out there. Big, slow, and a bad de- and a bad decision maker. And he's so cringy, man. Like how we tried to pick a fight at the end of the game yesterday. Like, give me a break. Yeah, you're gonna do it now. And even then, who cares? Who cares? It's just brutal, man. It's so embarrassing. But one thing I'd like to ask, Bruno, maybe you know the answer to this, and people comment down below if you have the answer. I've seen two different sides to this. Some are saying that we're completely stuck with the Reeves contract on the books over the next three years. Others are saying the deal is structured. I think it was James Myrtle reported originally that the deal is structured in a way that the Leafs can send him down. And I think it's like 200 grand of the 1.3 million will count on the cap. But again, then other people are saying, no, that's not accurate. So like, I don't know what to believe. I don't, I don't even know the logistics, honestly. All I know is that he's getting paid 1.35 million a year for the next three years, which looks like an abomination of a contract. Um, I don't know the exact logistics if, if they were to send him down and the cap relief that they would get from that. I was always under the impression that you could only bury like 900-ish K in the minors. I could be wrong about that. There's probably like a cap wizard out there who listens to us who probably knows the exact answer to this. It's kind of like with the the Edmonton Oilers and sending down Jack Campbell. Obviously, you cannot bury his entire contract, but you get a little bit of cap relief. Yeah, with Ryan Reeves, it's terrible. Um, You know, and like I said, I got a little bit excited, honestly, when I... When I saw, you know, even opening night, he comes out, he's flexing his muscles. He He's the loud guy in the room. He's the one apparently, like, he's the, he's the, the DJ. DJ now on the yeah. team. He's Ooh. picking, like, the goal songs, and, you know, he's scaring guys on Halloween. You saw that video going around that the Leafs posted on social media on Halloween. Like, it's like, that's all he's doing. I mean, he, he's not he's not actually playing the game of hockey at a competent level right now, which is just which is sad, honestly, because 
He's he's an anchor now for the next three seasons. What are they going to do with this guy? He stinks. He yeah. stinks. He never has the puck on his stick. It's like you said, he's slow. And it's you said he was a terrible decision maker. He he doesn't even he can't even make decisions because he never has the puck. I don't yeah, even know that what he's line, doing out there. That line, the, the Brad Marshall, I know he's lucky he wasn't. I wasn't on the ice. Why would we have you on the ice when Brad Marshall's on the ice? <laughs> oh my god, it's uh, oh, it's so cringy, man. Like I'm so done with this, and I'm done. You know what it is too, Bruno? Is that annoying thing of everyone talking about it? Like this is what we're talking about, and it's so shitty because here we were finally getting. We had that. I think it was. 1.1 million of Kessel on the books for the last few years because we retained for some reason that deal versus Pittsburgh. So I was like, all right, we find that finally have that off the books. Well, we just filled it again with useful, with like complete uselessness. Way to go, man. It's not good, man. And people can say all day long that this is not Trilliving's team. So, okay, fine. It's not all of his fault, but the comp camp contract, the Reef signing, the Klingberg signing, and the Bertuzzi signing are all bad right now. They're all bad. And with a team like the Leafs, you got Bertuzzi, you got Reeves, and you have Klingberg. That's what, like 7 million? Or sorry, 7, 11 million total? Like, guys, like, you know what we could do with that? It's like, think, think of it if this team could just add that. Just, it sucks, man. You know what and other I, contract is also looking pretty shitty? The David Kampf extension. No, brutal. Four years at two point four million. He's a zero offensively, like an absolute zero offensively. He might he might even be below replacement level offensively. I haven't seen that guy make a play. Honestly, the last play like I remember him making was like two years ago when the Leafs had their season on the line against Chicago. After like the whole like Kyle Beach situation and that franchise was in complete shambles and the Leafs like were losing on the road against Chicago and he. He scored this like backhand goal in the slot. That's like the only time I've ever seen him do anything with the puck as a leaf. And now they're paying him four years, 2.4 million. So like, I don't know. Is Brad Living just the, is he just the bad GM? Like, look, let's look at the track record now. And I know we, we went over this when he became Leafs GM. We went over some of the players that he drafted in Calgary. But look at some of these contracts. He gave Jonathan Huberto. That $10.5 million contract that just kicked in this season. And Huberto has fallen off a cliff. I don't think anyone really saw that yeah, coming. That's sad, man. But the Huberto deal, the Kadri deal. Kadri's been terrible this year. And you you mentioned all the deals that he just signed in Toronto. I mean, my goodness. Like, this is just a nightmare start for Brad for living Because how does he get out of this now? And we can talk all we want about, oh, he's going to go pick up one of these defensemen from the Flames, but it's not as easy as, like, I'm just going to pick one of these guys up and wave my magic wand. Like, there's got to be a lot of cap gymnastics that have to have to happen to get something like that across the finish line. And uh, it's just, it's scary. Honestly, Lepore, the only positive thing about this team right now is since Nick Robertson has come up, that third line actually looks really solid. Robertson, yeah. Yarn Croak, and Domi. Like they have some jump. They're creating chances. Robertson looks good. I've been impressed with Robertson, man. I, th- I think he's great. played well. Yeah. What, what has it been? Two games since he's been called up? Yeah. Scored that sick goal against, against the Senators. That saucer pass from Domi. Robertson, I don't know how he like picked it out of midair, top shelf. That was sick. I thought, okay, yeah. here we go. The Leafs tied the game. They're going to win it. Then the wheels fall off. So, I don't know what your living is going to do at this point because uh, they're they're in a rough spot. They need to get healthy on defense very quickly, and he better be working the phone lines trying to upgrade this decor. And and I don't know. I, I mean, what do you do with Reeves? I mean, you can't really. <laughs> what are you going to trade him? Who the hell wants Ryan Reeves right now? I mean, yeah. it's just a it's a rough situation, man. Yeah, if we are going to talk about positives, one thing I think we've got from the last few games is that we I think we know our top nine. And I talked a few weeks back about how I found that really annoying, how like we couldn't figure it out. We didn't know exactly what we were doing. And to see now that it's Matthews, Marner, Nyes, that's a line. Okay. Nylander and Tavares are going to stay together. I guess by default, Bertuzzi goes there. And on the give a shit meter, he's looked pretty terrible so far, which I don't understand. I don't understand because even if you don't give a shit 
about the results of games. Okay. For your team, you know, you don't really care about winning or whatever, at least be in it for the money. You've got a contract ending, get paid. Think of the opportunity you were given Matthews and Marner. What? It, it, we, we could literally list, list like the top five situations to be in, in the national hockey league. And that one would be on it. He was given an opportunity. Again, he looked decent last night. Little step in the right direction, but we got to see him a lot better. So Matthews, Marner, Nyes, Tavares, Willie, Burt, third line, Domi, Yarncroc, Robo. That's that's the top nine. That's the top nine. And then Pontus Holberg, uh, Pontus Holberg got called up today, so it looks like he's going to play tomorrow. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes with the fourth line, but. Again, if there are some positives from these last few games, I think we've established what our best nine forwards look like. Yeah, the third line is 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 a positive development for this team because before Robertson came up, the secondary scoring was just non-existent. It's not even that like production-wise it was non-existent. Just the third and fourth line just weren't creating any scoring chances at all. It was just like zero. Every time the Leafs' bottom six forwards were on the ice. There was yeah. never any hope in hell of the puck going in the net. And well, now... It was, it was, it's worse than zero, Bruno, because not only that, they yeah. were getting scored on. Yeah. And you know what's unfortunate is that I think Noah Gregor is actually a good player. Like, I love mm-hmm. his speed. I, it's just when he's on a line with a zero offense, offensive center and David Camp and Brian Reeves, who might be the worst player in the NHL... I mean, what do you expect the guy to do? But I do think there is actually some potential there with Gregor. Like if they, I don't know, whether they send down Reeves or sit him in the press box, like they could they could rework the fourth line if they wanted to. And again, it's kind of pathetic that all we're doing is talking about Ryan Reeves in the fourth line, but it's just sort of like a microcosm of like everything wrong with this team. And it's just like highlighting the poor offseason decisions that Bradshaw Living made, even though honestly... Uh, me and you and some other Leaf fans, we were all kind of pretty happy with the offseason additions. And who knows? Like, there's still a scenario here where Domi ends up having a good season, where Bertuzzi finds his groove and ends up scoring like 25 goals. But, you know, the way that Klingberg is trending and Reeves is trending and the camp contract, like, it's just, it, it looks like Living has already struck out in his first yeah. year as Leafs GM. I'd like to know with Klingberg, um, how much of his money has he already received? Of that, of that was it four four million and change. I'd like to know how much he's already received. <laughs> you think he's just mailed it in? Well, no, no, I don't mean that. I was in the way of trading him because okay. no one would, no one would, t- no one wants his cap hit right now. But it's one of those things you could trade him to a bad team if he's only owed like a million bucks or something. So then they're not at the cap anyway, so they'll take the cap hit and they owe him a million dollars. Maybe throw in a sweetener. One of those because he's even him, man. He probably wants to get the hell out of here. Yeah, like, he probably can't take it anymore. Oh like, my god. This market will eat you alive. If you're a defenseman who is not responsible defensively, you're gonna get eaten alive in yeah. Toronto. There's always a pub they're going over on TSN the list of like public enemy number one defensemen going back like Justin Hall, Jay Gardner. Brian McCabe, Larry Murphy, Todd Gill. Like, we always have one we hate, and we like to throw shit on. I've actually made the point, too, about D. I feel like every Canadian team almost always has that one guy, that one defenseman they hate, because they're like, oh, every time there's a goal, he's in front of the net. And it's like, you know, I mean, he's the defenseman. (laughs) So so he's in front of the net. Oilers fans hate Darnell Nurse. Sens fans have soured on Thomas Shabbat. Like yeah. go down the list, right? I'm a sense fans forever here. Like a lot of people hated Redden. It's like that two way guy who gets caught. So you get oh he gets caught or whatever, and they, they hate him. And of course he's in front of the net for a goal because he's on a lot. But I don't know. But but to that discussion, we could have a discussion on whether or not with any of these guys, even for other teams, if it's deserved or not. This is fully deserved. Fully. He's been terrible. Terrible. And as for Reeves, and like let's make this a little joke. You always hear like people make a crack about like a certain NHL player and say, you know what? I wouldn't invite them to play for my beer league team. They're that fucking bad. Bruno, fuck. When I watch Ryan Reeves, genuinely, when I watch Ryan Reeves, if you brought him to like my Tuesday or Friday morning pickup hockey and it was non-contact, I don't know if he's that good. Yeah. What is he a top? Would he be a top three player on the ice in your beer league? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think he would. 
I, I think, I mean, the size, and I assume it's like that thing, people say it sound weird. Like he's probably fast compared as far as regular humans go, not professional hockey players. And of course, like his strength and power on the puck. But in terms of an actual hockey player, man, I don't know, man. Like I'll put it this way. A lot of guys I play with, Maybe they wouldn't be as effective as Ryan Reeves because of his size, strength, and that, and like just power on the puck. But in terms of actual hockey players, yeah, oh yeah, they're better than him. I play with guys who are better than Ryan. They can they can receive a pass and give a pass. I, I question that with him. Laporte, right now, are you better than Ryan Reeves? Well, me, yeah, Bruno. I was talking about the other guys I play with. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I also think I'm. I think I'm better than Ryan Reeves. I know it sounds uh, I know outrageous. You. Yeah, but you're yeah you're Jack Bruno. I'm skinny, so I mean. <laughs> I don't know, people. I, I actually, listen, and I, I don't play as much hockey as I used to play. Like, I still play. I wish I played more, but I think I am I might be better than Ryan Reeves. But I don't even think, honestly, like, I know, I know people in the comments right now are like, oh, he plays in the NHL, whatever. Like, yeah, but he shouldn't. Like, yeah, come on. He's he, garbage. He, even if he was good at what he's supposed to do, in terms of his actual hockey playing ability, no. Like, no chance right brutal man. yeah it's, brutal. it's it's a tough scene right now and i don't know how that guy gets out of it because he can try to pick fights and do some other shenanigans and nothing's gonna work because people people know what's up here there are smart hockey fans in toronto and all we have to do is look at the numbers leafs with ryan reeves on the ice at five on five zero goals for nine goals against constantly getting caved in brad for living you have your work cut out for you mm. all right Let's move on to the other Canadian teams now, Lepore. Yeah, yeah. It's been an interesting start to the season because I don't think anyone saw this coming with the Vancouver Canucks being the best team in Canada at this Fucking juncture. Right, Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes are playing out of their minds. Thatcher Demko has been unbelievable. Last year, Thatcher Demko was, was terrible. I drafted him in fantasy hockey and he was like an AHL level goaltender. And then he missed like 30 games with an injury. And this year he comes back and he's like going to win the Vesna trophy. Yeah. So I'm still sour about that, but yeah, Vancouver, I like the it. underlying numbers do not support how good they are right now, but you know what? Fuck the underlying numbers sometimes. Yeah. And again, me and Lepore are like big numbers guys, but sometimes throw that shit out the window. It's the same thing with Edmonton. Like, they have good underlying numbers, but if you can't make a save, if you can't defend, sometimes the underlying numbers, I'm sorry, throw them out the fucking window. If you can't if you can't win a hockey game, you can't make a save, you can't keep the puck out of your net. So, anyway, let's go through some of these Canadian teams here and, and kind of give our projections where they're going to finish in the standings, maybe how many points they're going to have. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to miss the playoffs? You want to just you want to just start with the Leafs? Yeah, let's start with the Leafs. You let's go first, Bruno. Leafs. You go you want first. Me to go Bruno. first. You go ahead. Be my guest. All right. So in terms of where they are going to finish, I mean, it's not good. Objectively speaking, as we have been this entire podcast, they're not a good hockey team right now. But when I look at the Eastern Conference, the Eastern Conference is just kind of meh. Yeah. Besides Boston, who as of recording right now are 10, one and one. And that's still just flabbergasting to me. And the Rangers who are nine, two and one, everyone else is kind of like around 500. I'm going to say the Leafs. I still think the Leafs are going to make the playoffs because I don't think Brad for living is just going to sit there and, you know, and twiddle his thumbs and say, Oh, I guess it's a lost season. Like they got to win now. So I think he, he's got a couple trades up his sleeve and the decor has got to get healthy. I'm going to say that the Leafs make the playoffs, and I still think they are going to finish top three in the Atlantic division. But as of now, I kind of maybe see them as like a three seed in the Atlantic at, at best. Okay. So how many points? What's your points guess for so the Leafs? So my point, I, I think at this point, like right now they're on pace for 88 points. Oh. I think they're going to still finish early, with though. under 100 points. Like really? I, I think I think they're like a maybe a 98, 99-point team. Maybe I'm being a little bit, I don't know. Maybe I should be a little more optimistic, but I kind of see them as hovering around 100 points, whereas before the season, I was like, smash the over, leave so 106 and a half points or whatever their their team point total was. But now, I don't know, man. The way they're playing, they're maybe a 100-point team. Yeah. 
I'll have them a little over. Like I was thinking, I'm with you. Like I, I think the stars will carry them. I think even if it's not fully, a lot of this stuff's going to get figured out on the back end. Hopefully guys get healthy and hopefully this team can remain healthy the rest of the way. Um, Wall was shit last night, but he's been good. I think we've seen enough from Wall to know like he's competent. Like he, he can get you average goaltending at least. There's that thing in me and call me a fan, call me bias. I still think they have like once they get going, they still have that like streak where they win like 12 out of 13 or something and at some point during the season that'll happen and they'll flip the uh, they'll flip the season around um that could be confirmation just you know confirmation bias because it's happened before but i'm gonna say they finish in the second slot and i was gonna say i'll say 106 points okay okay so you still have them finishing like right around where vegas had their point total before the season um yeah like the the old saying of oh it's a long season yeah but it is and like you mentioned the points total bruno i mean i'm a nerd like that like i'll check teams points total you check it like three to four games to three to four games it's so different because if they win three in a row like if the leafs win three in a row and they're nine six and whatever it's like well now they're on pace for like 100 points or or something you know what i mean and that can happen so you have to be careful there and I think too, I saw a stat once that you look at the teams who make the playoffs and you go month by month and they have essentially like they've one really good month that gets them in. There's one streak, like I said, that really and truly gets them in and the really good teams have two. So, I mean, the Leafs have had shit starts for a while. I think it's funny how it's teetering here because early on, let's face it, we were kind of like, blah. Like, I think this fan base has been through enough and seen this repeatedly. So we didn't really flinch at this slow start. Ah, they'll, they'll turn it around. But then we started to notice things, even compared to the previous years, where, yeah, they had slow starts. But like you said, Bruno, like their expected goals numbers were fantastic. They were just unlucky. Or Matthews wasn't scoring. He's had slow starts the last couple of years. So now as we're getting deeper along and we're seeing all of these things, that's what makes it scary. But... I still think they'll quote unquote figure it out for the most part. And I think they'll clip a hundred points. How about the Vancouver Canucks? Because at the time of recording, they are currently leading the senators three, two at the end of the second period. So by the time we post this, this game will obviously be over, but the Canucks right now on pace for around 130 points this season, <laughs> yeah, they're see, not going to hit 130 points. That's just not going to happen. Um, I also don't think they're going to win the Pacific division because, because of Vegas. I mean, you know mm. what? To be fair, they have a couple games in hand on Vegas. I mean, Vegas is the better team. So I still think Vegas will win the Pacific. But I think the Canucks, I mean, obviously they're going to blow past their preseason point total, which I believe was set at like 92.5 or 91.5. I think the Canucks are comfortably going to make the playoffs. They're banking points now. So later in the season, you know what? If they if they get into a little rut and they lose four in a row, five out of seven, seven out of ten, it's not going to be a big deal. I still think this team will have probably around like a hundred and five to one hundred and ten points, something like that, and uh, they're probably going to be the uh, the top team in Canada at the end of the regular season. Do you have them maybe hitting one hundred and ten, Bruno? Wow, one hundred five like to And listen, man, Pedersen is playing at a Hart Trophy level. Same with Quinn Hughes, for that matter. Hart Trophy, yes. Norris Trophy. And Thatcher Demko is is essentially one of, the, he's one of the top three goalies in the world right now. So if those three are going to keep playing the way they are, there's no reason the Canucks can't have a fantastic season. Yeah, what I'm basing my take it on and them having a good overall season is I love Rick Tockett as a player and I love him as a coach. He's just, he's the right demeanor. He, he says the right things. There's nothing not to like about this guy. And right now, I mean, as it stands, he's got to be like the slam dunk for the, um, the, for the Jack Adams. Adams. So uh, I'm not as bullish as you are for an overall points total. Um, and it pains me to do that because, you know, BC boy, Mike Lepore always kind of roots for the Vancouver Canucks. But I'll have them getting into the playoffs and I'll say they do it with 98 points. Oh, wow. So you think like they're really going to 
go into a rut at some well, point. Well, even 98 points, it's not that much of a rut. It's just that things are going to regress back to the mean. And they said that, like they're not going to finish with 130, right? No. And, no, and I just, I don't know. I, I think 100 points, maybe. I mean, I'm picking 98. <laughs> so it could, it could come down to a few shootouts or whatever and uh, overtime success. But I'm just going to, maybe I'm just hold, holding back a little bit. I just don't want to be overly disappointed because I root for Vancouver. So I'll say 98 points and they get a playoff spot. So you think the Leafs are going to finish with more points then than the Canucks when it's all said and done? Oh, yeah, just point that out, eh, Bruno? I had to point <laughs> that out. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess I do feel that way. Wow, okay. Well, okay. the East, and you know what? That's not a shot at the Canucks because I will say it, the West is better than the East. I think everyone went this year thinking, oh, the East, the Atlantic, this and that so far. It's not even close, yeah. man. I think the top of the West is better. Yes. But as an overall conference, I'm still not sold on the West. Like, there's still a lot of shitty teams, but the top of the West is good. Like, the top, yeah. like, four to five teams look like they're very good teams compared to the yeah. Eastern Conference where it's just kind of we kind of don't know what the hell is going on honestly. Yeah, the the East doesn't have any bad teams, right? Yeah. There's there's no San Jose, there's no Anaheim. Yeah, it's like some good teams and a lot of middling teams right now. Yeah, and it it'll play out in, in a month we'll be singing a different tone about each conference and yeah. where the teams are at. But... Exactly. Okay, how about the uh, Edmonton Oilers because they're trash right now and again, at the time of recording they have not taken the ice in the loser bowl against the San Jose Sharks. My God, if the Oilers lose this game oh and we're going to post this after the game and, you know, who we don't know what's going to happen. But my God, if they lose this game against the San Jose Sharks, their season's over. Their season's on the line. I'd be, sh- I'd be shocked beyond belief if they lost this game. But they have terrible goaltending, so they can lose any game. But uh, they're on pace for, like, I believe, like 37 points. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, not going to happen. Uh, I guess the first uh, question, the oil, do you think the Oilers are going to make the playoffs? No. I don't no. think so either, man. I don't I think, think they're, they're going to make miss. it. I think they're at that point now where they have – I think they're going to turn it around. But I just think they've built that mountain to climb – that they're going to have to tear up the rest of the season just to get into like the mid nineties or, or, or high nineties. So, and I mean, they, they're capable of doing it based on their offensive talent and things go their way. But like you said, they don't have the goaltending and they're giving up high danger scoring chances. I think they'll make it close. I think they'll make it interesting, but I say, if I had to guess, I'd say they finish around like 92, 94 points and miss. You want to hear a cool stat that I screenshotted from an article on sportsnet.ca. Always. referring to where teams are at on Thanksgiving weekend oh, on yeah, American yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. So it, it's like 80% make the playoffs or those in the playoffs or something. I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. Listen to this. So since 2013, 2014, and this is not including the COVID interrupted 2019, 20 season or the shortened 2021 season, but 98 of 128 teams that were in a playoff spot, on this holiday, wound up clinching a playoff position in April. That's 76.6%. So generally, as I keep quoting this article, three or four teams are able to make the climb back from the outside. So if you are not in a playoff spot by American Thanksgiving, chances are you are not making the playoffs. You have like a 24% chance to get in. What I always argue about that stat, because I was like, oh, American Thanksgiving, who's in? And the numbers are the numbers, whatever percentage... I think it more, what I more see from that stat is the teams at that point that are comfortably in, because I'd like to see what those numbers are. Let's say if you remove the top four or five teams in the conference. So if you're between say five and 12th or something, what percentage of those teams at that date, like stay the same or change? I'd like to see that, but you're right. Yeah, so as I continue the article, (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up. Please do, Bruno. Writer said, of course, that climb gets harder the further you're out. Most of those 30 teams that did climb back into the playoffs were within three points of a playoff spot at American Thanksgiving. Yeah. You've got to be hovering around a playoff spot or you're you're fucked. I think even Friedman said one, like even like November 1st. It's like if you're more than four points out of a playoff spot, like the, the numbers... The numbers are uh, against you, but what's your points total for Edmonton? Edmonton, I think they're going to miss. I think they're going to be somewhere in the 80s. 
probably like the high 80s, like 89, 88, 89 points. They just dug too big of a hole. And I, I know that the, the Oilers go on a heater. And I know last season they finished the year 17-2-1. And, and they have McDavid and Dreisaitl. But McDavid looks like he's playing injured right now. He's barely over a point a game. They can't make a save to save their lives. Defensively, they stink. Um, their secondary scoring is worse than the Leafs' secondary scoring. I just don't see a scenario where this team is going to climb out of this hole. The only saving grace is that the other teams fighting for a playoff spot in the West, as I alluded to, they all kind of stink. The top of the West yeah. is really good, but that next half that are kind of all battling for a playoff spot, not a lot of great teams in there that the Oilers have to pass. I just think, honestly, I, I know it's only, what is it, 11 games in for them? It's it's too big of a hole, man. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, I'll say it. As a neutral, I hope it gets interesting for them. It'll be a fucking blast. Like, if they're chasing at the end and it's close, that'll be fun as hell. But one thing, though, oh, and you mentioned the game tonight, Bruno, okay? Like, is this black and white? If they lose to San Jose, is Woodcroft fired? I don't want to say he's fired, but what I will say is that their season is officially over if they lose tonight. Just because the the mental capacity of that they can't yeah, overcome. They're, they're fucked. If they lose to San Jose, the season's over. I'm just not quite on board with firing Woodcroft, considering like since he became head coach of Edmonton, he has like one of the greatest winning percentages in team history. Like he's done yeah, a, a good yeah, job yeah. with them for the most part. So I think that would be like a little reactionary, despite how terrible they are right now. So I'll just say their season will be officially put to bed. No chance in hell of making the playoffs. Um, but I'm not sure they're going to fire Woodcroft. Yeah, one person who would be happy if Woodcroft gets let go is uh, my wife, actually. Because every time he comes on the camera, and people are going to laugh at this, she points uh, she points out his uh, hair dye job. It's like a black black. It's like the <laughs> fakest thing in the world. And now since she said it, Every time I see him, I think about it. Like, I look right at his hair. I mean, like, yeah, it's brutal. It's I didn't like, even think jet. about that. Now I got to pay closer yeah, attention. Yeah, well, you know, guys, we wouldn't, we wouldn't notice that, right? But it's like jet <laughs> black. And it looks like it was done out of a box from Shopper's Drug Murders. Oh, come on, Jay. Come Get on, it Jay. together, man. Yeah. Other than that, man, like, do we even bother talking about, like, the, um, God, the Montreal, like, the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, they, they, I don't know. Like, do you want to go through all the teams? Like, I, I don't think the Habs are going to make the we'll playoffs. We'll just do it quickly. We'll do it quickly, SNK. I think we both think the Habs are not going to make the playoffs. Um, I say I say they get to, like, the low 70s is what I'll call it. Yeah, I, I can't remember if I had them over or under their point total to start. Uh, like you had at, under. I think I had under. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was, like, 72 and a half or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, th they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to save. Okay, how about Calgary? Oh. Like they, they suck. Stink. Yeah, they. I hate to say it, man, because I like a lot of guys on that team, but they suck. Yeah, they're yeah. they're in a very rough spot when their two best players just can't produce and seems and seem to have lost their confidence. So they're they're fucked, honestly, for yeah. lack of a better term. So and, yeah, and they're not going to try to get better because like they've dug too big of a hole. They're not. I mean, they're not like Edmonton where they had dreams of winning the Stanley Cup this year, and they have UFAs. Yeah, they're so going like, to trade all their UFAs. Yeah, at least they're going to think they will. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. How about Winnipeg? I like the Jets, man. Kyle Connor is one of my favorite players in the National Hockey League. I will say the Jets finish with bang on 100 points. Yeah. Right now, the one. Jets are six, four, and two. So, I mean, they're not doing great. They have a even goal differential, but. I do still like the talent on their roster. They got a lot of good players. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I just think they're going to be more of like a mid to high 90s point total. I think they're going to finish with like 96, 97. So I think they're either going to be like the okay. three seed in the central because I don't think they're going to finish ahead of Colorado or Dallas. And if they fall out, I mean, they should be able to clinch a wild card spot, considering like the teams right now in the in a wild card position are Anaheim and Arizona. I mean, really, Arizona, eh? Arizona, Coyotes are being decent. solid, man. I told uh, you, man, before. I think I had I had over the total on on Arizona. Like they got some exciting young players. Fucking decent, right, they do. Decent looking team. Yeah. I guess uh, last but not least, unless I'm forgetting a Canadian team is 
your Ottawa Senators. Yes. How do you we know, feel man, about them? Bruno, you know how many messages and nobody messages I've received about how everyone loves how you say the Senators are like my favorite team. Like people just love it. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> people of Ottawa, right? That's awesome. The Sens, I think of all of them. And I'm not just saying this. I think the Sens is kind of the toughest because I, I think everyone kind of has them at that line of getting that they're going to just get in or they're just going to miss. Even them, man, they haven't had the worst start to the season. I think we're going to find out. Okay, this is how I'll do it. Okay. As it stands right now, they've had some injuries. Like they'll get, they got Zoo back tonight. Brandstrom's hurt. Uh, Shabbat's out for a while. So the the roster is better than it's currently constructed. Okay. They will, I mean, maybe they get pinned over the second half of the season if he's able to play. So I'll say the Sens finish with 95 and get in, in, in a wild card. But I will say that we're going to know in a couple weeks, within the next couple weeks, maybe even less if I'm way off. Because this whole thing with DJ, the fire DJ chance at the arena, how uh how Brady went off about the fans, that stuff, man. If that stuff digs, that's hard to get out of because that's that becomes mental. Like last night was a huge win for the Sens. Like as bad as the Leafs were, that was a huge win for them. Like you saw their bench jump up with those uh four, five, and six goals. So again, it, it'll it'll be exciting to watch because I think they have a good chance to make the playoffs, but at the same time, they're it's on a needle. This team's gonna be on a needle, and I like I said. It's going to be in the next couple of weeks where we're going to find out who they are. You're a hell of a lot more optimistic than me because the Senators are right on track to finish exactly where I thought they would. I think they're going to miss the playoffs by a couple of points, two or three points. No, uh, right now, as as of recording this podcast, they are dead last in the Eastern Conference. I know it sounds crazy to say, but they are technically. Um, they're probably going to lose to Vancouver, and maybe I'm going to look like an idiot when we post this tomorrow because they're heading into the third period down 3-2. Uh, I, I think they're going to just miss the playoffs. It's going to be like 90-ish points, 89 points, something like that. So, yeah, I have uh, – so basically I have the Jets making the playoffs, the Canucks making the playoffs, and the Leafs making the playoffs. We're all kind of – I think we're both kind of on the same page, whereas you're a little bit more optimistic about the Senators. So, um, yeah, I don't know if any of those Canadian teams are going to actually win the Cup, but – at least get into the playoffs, give yourself a chance. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's been like an underrated story or under-talked about story, just how bad it's been for Canada so far for these yeah. teams. It's, oof, yeah, it's bad, bad man. Anyway, bad. is there anything anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast? Yeah. I hope the Leafs can string together. We, we mentioned how uh, how the Oilers have uh, San Jose tonight. Leafs have Calgary tomorrow on home ice. Like, they have to win. Yeah, and they got to look good. Game. Like, oh, my God, guys. Just, I know it's so easy to say as fans, just look win and look good doing it. Even though there's the saying, oh, it doesn't matter how. No, I care. I care how. Like, I, like this is a saying in soccer or oh, champagne football. I want champagne hockey. I want my favorite hockey team that has all these star players to kick the shit out of teams and look really good doing it. So tomorrow's an opportunity. Again, you're on home ice. Let's do it. And let's try to string something together before Sweden, guys. And Brad, hit the phones, man. Hit the phones because you have work to do and you haven't done some very good work. So you got to redeem yourself. Is it too hard to ask the Leafs to just take a lead in a hockey game? Like, can they just stop chasing games for once against an inferior opponent or what appears to be an inferior opponent? Can you just take a lead? Like, take a stranglehold of the game and just win a game comfortably for once in your lives? Maybe this is just like a pessimism thing being a Leafs fan, but I think for the last, even like throughout the Matthews era, if I had to guess, we have to be one of the worst first period teams in the league. They never or, start on time or, or even, okay. For like the first 10 minutes or something, like even if we could see metrics on it, like if they get a play, get scored on all that stuff. Like it's been a saying for years here in Ottawa, among sense fans, the Sens are like the worst among the worst second period teams in the league. The Leafs all like every time the Leafs are at home, the puck drops. I'm waiting for the other team to score first. I'm just kind of waiting for it. And that like, Oh, from the crowd, two minutes in going back for, to for the love of God. Year, Score the first goal and take the damn lead against a bad team. Yeah. Just just for well, once. 
was there not one year? I think it was Bernier. It was some absurd number. It was like seven times throughout the course of the year. He got beat on his first shot. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's perfect. Just perfect. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, tough scenes right now in Toronto, man. It's just not not great. So hopefully the Leafs can figure out a way to get out of this one, three and two funk. And like I said, score the first goal, take a lead, assert your dominance. If you even have any dominance left in you, I mean, basically just Austin Matthews and (laughs) William Nylander and Mitch Marner. And that's about it. So anyway, come on Leafs, figure your shit out. um, Cause we, we got to start winning some hockey games, but that is going to do it for episode one twenty three of the gluttons for punishment podcast or GFP at Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. If you're a longtime listener or a new listener and you really enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating and review on either Apple or Spotify. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you liked the show and you just like our content in general, then smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment down below and ring the notification bell. So you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So for Michael Lapore, I'm Anthony Bruno. Go Leafs, go. I mean, figure <laughs> it the fuck out. All right. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>